0: Welcome to Flick the Kettle On, a podcast brought to you by iGrain.com.au. Today, our account manager, Michaela McCormack, chats to Brad West, a Western Australian grower. They discuss the challenges facing WA growers this year, their marketing strategies as they sell mostly into a majority export market, how crops are looking and current pricing. Tune in for an interesting chat with Brad. Enjoy. Um, So thanks for joining us this morning, Brad. Um, So... We might start with a bit of an introduction of um, of where your farm's located in Western Australia.
1: Okay, so we uh, we farm in the Shire of Wongan Hills, which is about two hundred kilometres northeast of Perth. Um, yep. And full cropping property. Yep. Uh, with their own, you know with a mixture of wheat, barley, canola, and lupins.
0: Yeah. Okay. So. A bit of a description. I know basically what that sort of country looks like. I did live yeah. in Western Australia um, for a while. Um, so, can you just, for all of those listeners out there, what um, what does your country look like? What's the consistency of what it looks like?
1: So it's very flat.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> and,
1: uh, where we are east of Wongan Hills, it's very open. Um, not a lot of trees. Uh, can be very windy at times. Um, Soil types are, are quite sandy. Um, so, for the, those on the east coast who'd be used to nice dark clay soils, we're, we're the total opposite.
0: So, yeah, 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 no. And do you have any um, salt um, pans or lakes around your property at all?
1: Yeah, we do. Yeah. So, um, we would have uh, maybe 5 to 10% of our property would have salt, um, yep. which hasn't got worse. So, it, we've actually stopped it. By planting a lot of trees and, and just tell it where it is. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. And on your, when you say it's sandy soil, like I know um, from my understanding from when I was over there, there is a there's, there is a clay pan or a pan underneath the sand at some levels. Is that right? Well,
1: there's a hard pan that's not yep. sand because um, sand gets badly compacted. Yes. So um, that's you know, around 200 mil um, till, we, till you get to that hard pan yep um, and then you know we've done a lot of work um breaking that hard pad by deep ripping and a lot of amelioration and really improved it over the last sort of 10 years
0: yeah i have heard that there is a fair bit of that deep ripping going on over there um so do you do a portion of that each year like as in part of your rotation or
1: yeah well we try to do as much as we can every year um and we hope that we get summer rainfall because uh, we usually do it in february march before we plant our crop because because we're one hundred percent crop, we don't get the opportunity to do it uh, whilst seeding because we just don't have time.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So just year, sorry, twenty nineteen, yeah. we we ripped about fifteen hundred hectares, and um, this year we did three and a half thousand. So
0: yeah. yeah, okay. And so, how big's your property all up there?
1: Uh, so we're cropping fourteen thousand hectares.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yep. Righto. And so, on average, what? Um, Like, so you've told us about your rotation. So on average, what are the yields like for you guys?
1: So as an average, our wheat, 10-year average would be 2.8 tonne for wheat. Um, Yep. Barley's usually roughly the same. Can be a little bit more, uh, but not a lot. Uh, Canola's probably 1.2, and lupins would be about 1.2 tonne per hectare as well.
0: Yeah, okay. So do you store any of that? Like, how much of that do you store on farm, and how much goes into the CBH system? So we store all our lupins on farm. Yep. And all our canola
1: and cereals uh, go to CBH. We just yeah, don't and that not need to store that much grain. Yeah,
0: and do you do you store it all at Wongan Hills, or do you take it down into Kwinana, Um or is it all at Wongan? Oh, well, actual CBH Wongan Hills is
1: not operating anymore. So we actually go to Conigaring, which is thirty sort k's of south east of our property.
0: Yep. So all
1: our grain goes there. So they've built a a really big site there. Okay look I can't remember the capacity of it but it's it's big now um, yeah. which, which they had to do because I closed the small sites around it so they run there now
0: yeah okay so over the last so over the last five years what it was last year your biggest year like as far as yields go no uh,
1: so 2018 was our biggest year ever yep um, and last year was very similar to this year we've only had half our annual rainfall in 2020 and and to this date in 2019 we're pretty much the same
0: yeah okay so was it a late break for you guys over there this year
1: yeah so we didn't get rain well this year rained on the 27th of may which is late for us to start um usually we like to be finished by then (laughs) Um, yeah 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 and last year was exactly the same. Last year was even later, so that was uh, I think it was the sixth of June. We didn't get any rain till sixth of June last year.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. And did that affect your rotation at all? Like did you drop anything out because yeah. of the late sowing or
1: no a lot of people do, but I tried to hold our rotations. Um, yep. purely for weed control um, and disease. Uh, yeah. Otherwise you can you, well you can back yourself into a corner of having a lot of cereals. And then, obviously, the following year, then you've got to plant a lot of um, broadleaf crops. Uh, yeah. So I try to keep our rotations um, even every
0: year. Yeah, okay, okay. So <laughs> I know um, I know a lot of growers from over our way in the eastern seaboard, um, you know, have some idea of what it's like over in Western Australia. But can you just um, give us a brief rundown on your marketing? Like, so... Because everything, like you said, most of it goes into CBH. So, and obviously, a lot of Western Australian grain gets exported, like is tagged for export. So, what marketing strategies do you guys have, and what um, you know? How does that po- unfold for you guys?
1: No, you're absolutely right. Because 90% of WA's grain is export. Uh, there's no real domestic market like the east coast. So, uh, yeah. So I, my strategy is I start selling 12 months in advance. Um, just small percentages, and just try and get an average cost or an average price, sorry, for that grain over a 12-month period, and be probably 70% sold by about now for this year's crop. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, and that's in cereals with canola. It's, it's a bigger risk because obviously the season can play a big role on canola. And you know, like this year, our yield's are going to be quite low. We're only looking at probably 0.7 to 0.8 of a ton. Yeah. yeah our average averages normally, you know, 1.2, 1.3. So you've got to be really careful when you hedge your canola because you can over hedge. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the lupins that you store on farm, what's your strategy with them? Do they ultimately get exported or do some of them yeah, get you know, used domestically?
1: No, like they all go into the domestic market and go into, actually gets crushed and made into flour for chicken feed, goes into Ingham's chickens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: and that's, I've created
1: a the market there for about the last 10 years. We've been supplying that market.
0: Yeah. Okay. And that's down in Perth. Is the processing plant down there, or where's that? It yeah,
1: so it's just north of Perth at Bullsbrook, where they okay. um, where they mill the lupins, and then obviously goes into the um, the feed manufacturers. Which sh- I'm not quite sure who actually makes it. Whether yeah, whether it's Westfeeds, I think it might be. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. So with um, so obviously it's just the major exporters that um, buy out of the CBH system, um, and CBH do as well. Is that right?
1: Absolutely, yeah, so C B H would well, I don't know the exact numbers, but they buy probably fifty percent of our the WA's grain now. And then you obviously got the other big guys, you got Glencore, um, and which I, which I do deal with because um, they're really good. And you got Emerald Grain, there's they just the usual ones that you got on the East Coast as well that are over here.
0: Yeah. Okay. And do they um like there's cash bo- boards obviously like for other growers that don't forward sell, um, same same as over here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Same. Yeah. yeah. So you can obviously harvest it and sell off the header if you want. Um, a lot of smaller growers do that because they don't like doing contracts. Um, yep. They've Been caught out before either with a, a lower price at harvest <laughs> or can't <laughs> supply their fill their contracts and they've got to buy grain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's a high price if you have a drought because there's a
0: demand for grain. So Yeah, that's right. So I guess, like, you know, um, for a lot of years, like the east is mean, separate to Western Australia, but for the last couple of years with the drought, we've had a lot of Western Australia grain end up over here on the eastern seaboard. Um, did you guys, obviously, I mean, from our perspective, um, it def- there was definitely a price increase. So you guys um, got the flow on of that and had a good year yeah. with the lower yields?
1: Absolutely. Uh, as you know, we're in trouble with China, this anti-dumping thing. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. Affecting our prices this year. So obviously, the the barley that went to the east coast um, was priced quite highly. Um, we were getting around at three hundred fifty dollars a ton, and I don't know what you guys are paying for it. Probably four hundred uh, up to ex Um which caused a problem in China. That's what they're arguing about now. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's nearly cheap enough. They might nearly be back quite soon, I'd imagine. Um, but anyway, so what? So that probably leads me on to what are you seeing as your pricing um, over there at the moment? Uh,
1: so feed barley now's 250, um, so it's come off a lot. Yep. Um, yep. And canola's, you know, your uh, around at ready canola, or jam canola, um, is around at 570, and um, your generic canola is around at 650, and wheats. For an APW1, it's probably three fifteen. Yeah,
0: right.
1: Um, and your noodle which, traditionally, probably $15 a tonne more than that. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And the lupins, because it runs on a protein market, it's probably around that three fifty. dollars
0: so. Yeah, okay. Yep. Are they this year's coming prices or are they last well, yeah, year's so
1: 2021 cash price. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. You know, so it's they fair... Disparity between um, west and east at the moment because we're quite a way below that. Um, yeah, at the moment. So. Well, I think
1: you know your forecast is for some some big crops, and
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> the marketers aren't going to start buying grain at a higher price when they know there's a big crops sitting out there.
0: Yeah, no, and that's exactly right. Like what we've got is um, a lot of drought um, guys that have been in drought for a few years now. Like are cash poor, um, so there's going to be a lot of. Pressure um, on, especially those northern, central, and northern New South Wales guys to yeah. to find some cash. So yeah, it'll be anyway. We've got to get it over the line. Yeah, we're very much dependent on this rain that's coming through. Um, the
1: actually, weather. looks really good. For this forecast for you know for particularly uh, Western New South Wales and you know through that area. So
0: yeah, it certainly does. So you guys be still looking for rain then? By the sounds of things, oh, as well? Okay.
1: So we've had. Pretty much no rain for September, um, and our last rain was probably around that twenty second or third of August.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so yeah, but no, we need some rain just to to fill grain. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Okay.
1: The, the coals at that stage where it's dropped all its flowers only because it's basically droughted. Yeah. Um, and and the cereals are hanging in there, but they do need some rain to finish. Yeah.
0: Okay. So when will harvest start? Usually for you guys up, up at what round Late October
1: into the 1st yep. of November, that's traditionally where we would start.
0: Yep,
1: yep. okay. Earlier if it's dry and hot, it just depends yeah. on where Yeah,
0: okay. Yeah. Are you guys having any trouble finding staff for harvest?
1: Yeah, it's a problem. Um, I normally employ three or four uh, New Zealanders. Yep. The same people fly over every year. I can't get them here this year, so I've now employed some um, some older gentlemen that I know who actually work on yep. mine. So they're taking um, their long service and going to do a harvest for me, which is really good.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. No, I think that's going to be a, it's a major issue over here, that's for sure. There was some talk, um, I read an article, about that Qantas are sending pilots out to northern New South Wales to drive yeah,
1: hedges uh, There's farmers who have actually already employed pilots, Qantas pilots. Uh, yeah, wow. They're actually on farm already, working just doing general farm duties before harvest, so
0: it's the crazy times so that's for sure yeah. oh that's, that's crazy yeah all right well brad thank you very much for your time today um hopefully it's enlightened a few of my guys over here in the eastern seaboard um just a little bit of a perspective of what's happening in wa and hopefully yeah it's not been too painful for you no, no, no. <laughs> very good yeah that's <laughs> uh, yeah, no, excellent. All right, Brad, well, thanks for right, your have a good day. And you too, we'll talk to you soon. All
1: the best for the rain. Okay, see yeah, right.
0: thanks, you too, bye.
1: Bye.